your crime. Cocoons of Horror, the podcast where we review classic horror films and other pulp fiction. Today we travel to a very moist version of Los Angeles as we review Predator 2, a movie that has an alien threat that we are supposed to root against until we realize that he's trying to kill Gary Busey. <laughs> With me as always to discuss this is Dr. Anthony Ladon. Steve, I'm pretty sure that this is what my mom had in mind when she prohibited me from watching R-rated films until I was 18 years old. <laughs> the entirety of Predator 2. I think, I don't I don't know if she ever saw Predator 2, but I think that this was sort of her worst nightmare of what that might look like. Stop him! Oh. Door, open it. Go fuck yourself. <clears throat> okay. You don't know what you're doing, Harrigan. <laughs> fuck yourself! What the hell is going on here, Hanuman? Get back to your cage! Oh, fuck! What the fuck happened? Shit! Hey, asshole! Wait. They're gone. They're all dead. Now, I... I know your mom. I've known your mom for a number of years. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that she's never seen Predator 2. <laughs> you don't know what happens after Gary goes to sleep. That's true. That's true. Um, if, considering that my wife was like, oh, I guess I've never seen Predator 2. <laughs> I don't think your mom is. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie has the, you know, sort of the senseless violence Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> oh, you think that the, the violence is well-earned in this movie? <laughs> It'd be weird to have a movie called Predator and there'd be no violence. <laughs> no, I. this is true for my mom, and I think it's true for a lot of American parents, I suppose. That is that you're more worried about the gratuitous nudity and sex than you are about the violence. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, for sure. And I've heard that in other countries... It's kind of the reverse. Like uh, my Australian friends have told me, like the violence is the thing that would really get something a higher rating. The sex stuff is a little bit less, less so. And I mean that that seems that, that seems right to me. Well, that's why America is not known for having uh, problems with mass humpings. I mean, we we celebrate we celebrate violence, and we're okay with violence. So it it would make sense that that it's kind of a thing we do. <laughs> what is your relationship to this movie? So it's not like this particular Predator uh, installment is one that I have the least relationship with. In fact, this may be the third time I've seen it. Okay. Um, whereas, like the original Predator, I mean countless number of times i've even seen predators uh, with the great adrian brody uh, a number of times um i've only seen the predator reboot once and i've only seen one of the predator uh, versus alien or alien versus how many predator, predator movies are there i i'll be honest like i've only seen the first one once and recently what and i yes 
And I'm still afraid to tell my mom that I <laughs> that I've seen this movie. So there's Predator, Predator 2, there's Predators, there's Predator, I think, which is just a remake. And then there's the two Alien versus Predators. And then there's Prey, which is the new prequel, oh. newish prequel yeah, that yeah. you can find on Hulu, which I've heard great things about and I need to uh, watch. I've seen, you know, as, as you know, I've seen a few of the Alien movies. I, I am a little bit curious about the Alien versus Predator or Predator versus Alien or whatever it's called. Mm. Uh, I have no, I've almost no relationship with the Predator franchise other than that. Uh, after seeing this movie, I feel like I have even less of a relationship with the <laughs> Predator. Oh, yeah? The Predator franchise. But here's how little I knew about this movie going in. I thought that Arnold was going to show up at some point. Mm. I thought that, of course, you would never remake Predator without Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I figured at some point... 10 minutes, 20 minutes in, they would call in the big guns. They would call in Arnold. And then you'd get like a, you know, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what you'd get at that point. Were you disappointed that because the predator kind of looks like a sea creature a little bit that that uh Danny Glover didn't say I'm too old for the shrimp. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I when I realized, you know, of course I, I would, I thought, is Arnold not going to show up? And then I looked it up and it was, nope, no Arnold, but you're going to get a hell of a lot of Bill Paxton and yeah. uh, and and a, and a nice little dose of Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, like a heaping helping, because uh, a little bit of Morton Downey Jr. goes a long way. He is all teeth, that guy. His, yeah. his mouth is like... Ten times more scary than the predator's mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's why they don't they do they don't do a lot of close ups. And because I, I what I read was that the film was initially given an NC seventeen rating, but to get it down to an R rating, they had to cut out the close ups of Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> whatever happened to Morton Downey Jr.? He was. Well, it's one of those things where it's like years. before we ask whatever happened, I think we should ask why Morton Downey Jr. Like why. <laughs> How? Like, how did that happen? Like, I mean, I must be missing something. Because I just remember all of a sudden one day my TV got really loud. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? Who is this gentleman? I bet you there's an entire generation of listeners who have no idea who Morton Downey right. Jr. is. I mean, I <laughs> I was only reminded that Morton Downey Jr. existed because of Predator 2. I'll be honest, I'm struggling to think about how to describe the Morton Downey Jr. phenomenon. <laughs> right. Was it was somewhat ineffable. I mean, you. I, I'm sure he's got a Wikipedia page. I don't know how that was created. It certainly, it won't do. Justice I just remember. To... I just remember him like he would smoke, and I always wondered how his cigarette stayed lit because he was so sweaty. <laughs> we should talk about the sweat in this movie. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Heather watched this film. Oh, she watched it. It's so funny because like the movie was so bombastic and and like was like attacking every possible uh you know thing that she that she would you know <laughs> not want that like the sweat like was like probably like four or five on the list of problems which is amazing because you know how she feels about i mean this is just like i mean we're talking wet blazers i mean i was gonna sweaty. say that i've never actually seen someone sweat through the armpits of their blazer <laughs> yeah, like just I mean, if this movie had been like, like if you would take, if you take out every scene with the predator, you could just call it back sweat. 
<laughs> and everyone would just still be like, well, why are they shooting? Dude, look how gross it is. I would shoot too. <laughs> so it's an interesting concept, this movie, because it's like... Because <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's The idea here is let's take the Predator and let's bring him into an urban setting, which I think... I mean, if you were going to tell me, like, if that was your elevator pitch, I would think, yeah, let's do that. That's that's great. Let's, let's see how that works. It's, it feels like Crocodile Dundee approach, right? <laughs> Taking them out of the out of the outback and bringing them to to New York City. Yeah, it, <laughs> some of the, Which, this is this is the Crocodile Dundee of the Predator yeah, franchise. This, this is horror horror Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, same 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 concept. And then that's where it goes wrong because that's that, you know if that's the original conceit of the movie, I'm with you. And right. then. What you're going to do is then you say, well, he's going to be fighting in L.A. Let's make this a cop drama. Uh, right. And then at that point, I'm thinking, no, well, choose one or the other. You can't do both. This is what I call the speech, kid. It's the only one I got. I only give it once, so pay attention. Till now, it's all been fun and games, cops and robbers, Dunkin' Donuts. But you're in the shit now. Metro Command is a war zone. Lieutenant, I paid my dues. I had to bust my ass to get my transfer. And that scares the shit out of me, kid. No one requests to come down here unless they're looking for a reputation. There's no room for showboats to anyone looking to prove themselves. I won't stand for it. Now, don't get me wrong. We need good cops down here, and they say you're good at what you do. But the team comes first. You live by that, and you'll be okay. And we'll all be there for you. Remember... The door swings both ways. That's it. Hey, kid. Welcome to the war. Yeah. Like, you can make this a cop drama, but, like, the predator is, like, new to the force. <laughs> I like that Bill Paxton comes onto the team. He's known as the Lone Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it wait? Is it the Lone Ranger, or the Lone Wolf? You know, I didn't watch this movie that long ago, and uh, I was started. I was watching some clips before we started, and I'm like, "Boy, I don't remember any of this." Why isn't that guy's name Sweaty Armpits? If if you're sweating through the armpits of your blazer, your nickname should not be the Lone Wolf or the Lone Ranger or whatever it was. Your nickname should be Sweaty Armpits. Yeah, see the whole guy. thing about this too, like you know, the Predator, and like, oh, it's sees infrared and all that stuff, and I'm like. Everything would just be the same color. Everything's hot and gross. And it's like, it would just be orange. It's like the worst place to go. I mean, I get it. They can't like cover themselves in mud or whatever because it's just so hot. But in fact, what you would think is that like the worst thing you could do would be to cover yourself, right? In something cold because then the absence of you would be clear. We have not even talked about Gary Busey yet. I, I feel like this this movie, you, you think it's... <laughs> that's that's how bad Morton Downey Jr.'s mouth is, that we completely forgive Gary Busey. This is a restricted area. Hey, look, I know this is your show, but I now, just... You're not listening. You got a big nose, and you're sticking it too far in my business. I want every in every movie, and I mean every movie, I mean Lawrence of Arabia, in Star Wars, in Amistad, <laughs> I want... In every movie, in Das Boot, I want there to be a scene where Gary Busey jumps into the screen and says, guess who's back? Guess who's back? And Gary Busey is a very odd role in this, you know, because it's like, usually, I mean, like, here he plays sort of the, um, I guess, like, the straight 
You know, like the, the bad guy. Well, like- here's what I'd like to point out. I'd like to point out that he's on the government payroll and he's commanding an elite military force for the U.S. government. Gary Busey. Garrett, let me say that again. Gary Busey is doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a, it is an odd decision. Like the whole thing is full of odd decisions. Right? Like you said, I mean, going with Danny Glover and putting him like smack dab in the lead. Which, you know, he's fine. I, I could watch Danny Glover point a gun all day long. Yeah. And he always is like, son of a bitch. Like, I that's love like his that thing. He's, he's got the biggest gun in the world and he's pointing it everywhere all the time. And he. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's a very jerky staccato motion. He's trying to bo- point his gun in every direction, and if I could just see him do that for hours on end, I I would watch mesmerized. Okay, move your ass, move out the way. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? It's a fucking shot down there, Lieutenant. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I, and you got to right. I mean, that's one you know it. I, I, boy, there's so much. They're like, it's like, like I said, choices, 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 right? You know, um, uh, the the banter, like you said, the banter between the cops feels odd. Like I remember at one point, even Abigail watched this movie. Uh, my daughter, she's sitting there and she's watching one. She's like, why did they like? Could they move the camera like to where we could see the people that are talking? Because there was a point where like they were all behind blinds. It's and I'm like, why? It's very very artsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the director just went off to get a smoke, and they're just like, "We just kept filming." Um, well, yeah, that's fine. And, and the movie was like also like because like yeah, I think you make a good point too about like is this a predator movie or is this a cop drama? Because at certain points, I'm just like, is there a is there a threat? <laughs> you know, besides just everybody shooting all the time in this town. I mean, that opening sequence was bananas. The guy with the long hair and the double the double Uzis. <laughs> this yeah. guy. I I was just I was just fascinated with this guy. He's he's just he just captured my attention. I can't believe I haven't seen him in other films. <laughs> yeah, this was supposed to be the career launcher, but um... So yeah, the the opening scene is is bonkers and it really gives you the sense that like 1997 LA is basically a hellscape, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's overcrowded. It's, everyone is a hooligan. Everyone is a hooligan. Even the cops are hooligans. Mm-hmm. And um, like, if you go into like any precinct in LA, it's like a menagerie of nonsense. <laughs> Would have been a great subtitle for this movie, by the way. Predator too. There, there was a lot of, of shooting and, and, and fighting happening in the streets. You see, Morton Downey Jr. What, the, the violence that was happening in the streets was disconcerting, but the amount of people in the actual police precinct that were wrestling and headbutting, yeah, it 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 felt like a professional wrestling. It was episode. like it was like a dystopian hee haw episode. <laughs> dystopian hee-haw episode <laughs> thank you sir i needed that one <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> you know you got an interesting movie when bill paxton's like only like the fifth worst actor in your film 
fucking bolt up is there. Somebody is screaming bloody murder. Oh, you, you gotta you, you got hear this. You gotta hear this. Hey, hey, I forgot to tell you. See that guy there? That's Ferris replacement. This guy's Jerry Lambert. The Lone Ranger from Rampart Station. That's the wrong Ranger? Yeah, I thought he was here to fix the air conditioning. <laughs> I said, lady, you are under arrest. And she said, why? I said, because your husband is dead. You killed him. And you know what she said without missing a beat? Uh, no. She said, no, I stabbed that son of a bitch plenty of times. He never died on me before. <laughs> Uh-oh. But well, you know, you know, I have heard about you. Yeah? Yeah. Like your last partner got shot? <laughs> well, if you try that cowboy shit with me, fucking you can kiss this. Goodbye. Got it? Ah, yeah, I got it. Right. Well, you're like, I need a little more Paxson. I think I feel like we've had too too much of these other. I mean, even Maria Conchita Alonso is mailing it in, right? Well, she does do the thing again in the police precinct. Where she grabs the new guy by the balls. Yeah, that's always a that's that's a. Now he is being annoying. I mean, he's 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 telling he's telling her a story. <laughs> don't you victim? Don't you victim blame? He's telling her a story that no, really no one would ever want to hear. Uh, but her her reaction is to twist his testicles. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's something you see a lot in in these types of movies in this era right like i mean it's the the grab him by the balls that's a it's a popular trope that i've never seen happen in real life never even so the predator in this movie is a little bit um a little bit more humanized not human but humanized you get the sense that he that the predator it has a soft spot for children is that is that what i'm supposed to get Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, unless you know, yeah, there's something to be said for that, right? I mean, I um, yeah, is it a soft spot for children? Is it a uh, maybe maybe there's more of a primitive sense of uh patriarchy, right? Like maybe there's a sense of like, well, I mean, she may be violent, or but, because uh, you know, the, w- one thing that I in- enjoyed about this movie is that I kind of feel like I understood the motives of the monster a little bit better. I I almost kind of feel like. This is the the monster's safari, and we're like we're we are mm-hmm. you know we're sort of his we're big game, big game. The monster right, and if that's the case, maybe there are sort of rules of the hunter, right? Like because it's a thing, right? It's not like I mean he's certainly a killer and he's killing for sport. But there is, yeah, but there seems like there is a code of ethics or some sort of an etiquette that goes along with it, right? Because they see, they see us as, um, as lesser, like Mm -hmm. huntable creatures, right? So, so they, they understand us in a way that's maybe a little bit more base level, right? Like, okay, this is what they do. They'll attack each other, blah, blah, blah. And so, but maybe, and also if it sees the, the child or it sees the the unborn Mm. as as a child it may see that as a as a non-threat and therefore you don't like they always seem to attack if you're armed right like well not only that it seems like that they're seeking out the best that the earth has to offer in terms of warfare right it's like the, the the monster sees the danny glover sort of the apex predator of this species you know he's able to take down the you know, the gang uh, using interesting tactics 
And so now he's kind of intrigued by Danny Glover. He follows Danny Glover to the, the graveyard or whatever. You almost have a situation where the it, it's almost like the Predator wants to entertain himself. But there are other Predators aboard the ship? Are they just waiting for that Predator to finish up his, what he's got to do? Yeah, that's an. Is it an initiation? Is it? Is it? It's a road trip, right? You know, I mean, I guess it's a road trip, and maybe they each kind of like pull straws to see who, which, which one's going to get which planet. It's like a scavenger something. hunt, right? Guys out there uh-huh. going like, "All right, well, you got to get a Busey." <laughs> Gary Busey. Oh, Gary Busey. It's um. I mean, and it's it's a, so again like Predator. I still stand by as a very, very fun and entertaining um, action science fiction film, right? I think it's, I think uh, it's kind of remarkable because of um, uh, it, it. It's not a throwaway monster movie in many ways, right? I think that there's a, a really there's some cool things that happen, and and um, there's a level of respect for the for this predator, you know, and it's and you know we view it as a, as a monster and everything, but it's you know. It's an alien, right? And it's an alien, and it's doing what an alien wants to do, and and uh, he's not coming in peace, but he's also not coming necessarily to conquer. He's just kind of coming to collect, right? So there's a different type of of threat. He's coming for sport, right? And so it really kind of minimizes uh, humanity in in that regard. So you get Predator Two, and well, also the first Predator will it almost gives you the things like that. That was the era of the Vietnam critique movies. Mm-hmm. But it gives you the things that you might like about a Vietnam movie in terms of action. Right. You got some jungle warfare going on. But it doesn't give you any kind of moral pang about, like, is this a moral war? Because you're not fighting humans. You're fighting a, a superior race of alien. Right. So so it, it, as far as its marketability, it's giving you things that you might like about a war movie. And... Uh, and it's giving you none of the moral quantity. Well, I, I will challenge that a little bit because I am a predator apologist. Um, the whole reason why this this group of mercenaries is being brought in is because they believe it's a rescue mission, not really, right? And it turns out that really what they were doing is that they were using them to get into uh, a place where they were trying to get, you know, some like like some plans or, or you know, some, you know, basically they were they were get, gathering intel. And as uh, Schwarzenegger uh, tells. Carl Weathers, he dropped the saw into a meat grinder, you know, and so like it's it's showing that there was a certain amount of expendability that the government saw from mm. these guys. So even though these guys were were heroic and they they they've done their duty, at the end of the day, they were just pawns, right? So in a it, you could argue that uh, they were already set up by a larger predator, and that is the the military right. machine. Yeah, so good. so that was kind of a a. a Again, that's why I think the movie is not just a throwaway, you know, action popcorn flick. And it's for sure an action popcorn flick. But I think it's I think it's better than it needs to be is what I think about Predator. Then you get to Predator 2 and it is worse than it's trying. Uh, because like I think <laughs> well, it is it is a commentary on hardcore news. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hardcore news for sure. <laughs> I love that there's a program called Hardcore News. <laughs> that, you know, they're they're basically capitalizing on the violence. It's it's Morton Downey Jr. who ends up getting punched in the face in the end. I mean, is there a better commentary on 
sort of the the future of modern media. Right. Well, that's what like the whole every time it would cut to hardcore news, the the font and everything, it always just reminded me of like a cut scene from like one of those bad dudes video games or something like that. <laughs> it's absolutely it's video game font. Yeah, so it's it, it but yeah, so you're right though like if the movie had been just strictly okay, now it's the predator in an urban setting, like I think there's so much more you could do with that, right? Because we're not prepared for it. They weren't prepared for him in the jungle, but that was kind of it, it was like almost like a neutral playing field to some degree, but they had some mm-hmm. experience in navigating uh, that Well, terrain. also in the first movie the predator actually tried to hide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In this movie, in this, the the predator is is just so confident. Well, he's just blending in with this Jamaican gang, I guess. <laughs> the predator, the predator is uh, just kind of walking around, like you know, he can refract light. Okay, fine, but everyone can see you, like everyone, like even a little kid. Uh, he doesn't care. He absolutely doesn't. He wa- He almost wants to be seen. This Predator's a little bit of an exhibitionist. And maybe that's why, like, nobody else is joining them. Because they're like, this guy, like, they're all hiding. They're all, like, they are joining them, but they're hiding, so. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let him do his, let him do his thing. And at the end, when they all reveal, they're like, yeah, we, <laughs> this is normally what we do, but this guy sucks. All right, let's talk about that end scene here. So. When he almost gets killed by a broom, or. <laughs> There's so many, so many things in this movie. Like, like I feel like for ten minutes I watched Danny Glover climb a drain pipe. Right. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, maybe I get lucky and fall. Yeah, dif- different. It felt like the stakes were a little different. Like, and when when Schwarzenegger is covering himself with mud, and he's creating all these Rambo esque booby traps out of out of like you know like carving and whittling, and Danny Glover's just sort of cruising along, uh, you know, yeah, drain pipes, and <laughs> just every once in a while, just goes, Son of a bitch. So, so at the end, the end of the film, he he kills he kills the predator. His big line is "shit happens," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which we saw foreshadowed with the the Jamaican voodoo crew. Uh, one of them says, "Shit happens," mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm just gonna leave the racial commentary aside for a moment <laughs> <laughs> because because in the last final scene, I, I, very cool, get to see the predators spaceship right that that's kind of cool you get to see the the trophies and then you see all of the rest of the predators who are not they're not a risk they're they're not a danger they they don't care about danny glover they're gonna let him go and give him a souvenir yeah what's happening here much respect <laughs> they they like it they, they they like that he uh he killed their buddy Clearly, that guy was not the most popular predator. That's, I think, what it comes down to. Again, I think this is all about that. This is like, it's one of these one of these trips where like we're going to let this guy die, and uh, and and so you know he honors him. They honor him like you killed our guy, and that was cool. We wanted that. He spends a lot of time smothering himself in blue stuff. This predator, we'll call him Bob. Bob has always been a little bit racist. <laughs> Giving giving the rest of the predators a bad name. 
Uh, let's just let him go find his own demise in LA. <laughs> and and we will we will reward whichever human predator can take him out. So, all right, so the souvenir that Danny Glover gets is a, an old-timey gun. Mhm. What does it say like 1712 yeah, or something so. on it? Now this shows up in Prey. Is, is that, that what correct? they did they did with the old guns? They just they put the the date they engraved the date on the side of the barrel. <laughs> the time stamping was huge back then. So has there ever been discussion of like when are we going to see the prequel where we see the predator in like seventeen twelve? Well, doesn't prey does prey touch on that at all? I don't. I've not seen. Prey. Oh, I thought you said you saw prey. So I think prey. I think prey does from what I've heard, and that's why I need to go see it. I believe it touches on it, and I think that. But I, again, it's not like Predator 2 knew the trajectory, right? I don't think it knew that it was going to ever deal with this. Or maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they had aspirations for this. But but I do get a sense of that like it was just supposed to be like, we've been around a while. They've been traveling around. They've been having fun. They've had a nice long run. I really feel like the uh, 1712, though, wherever they got the gun, I feel like maybe that was a, a, a much quicker safari. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the predators maybe they weren't quite as advanced either. They could still travel through space, uh, but uh, but they, as opposed to lasers, they also were using uh, some sort of a cosmic gunpowder. Well, that would be interesting to see that, like they don't have the the light technology, yet. or maybe they dumb it down. Yeah, based on what they're going after, right? Like, I mean, right. I, we could go, uh, you know, boar hunting with Uzis. But that's not a sporting, right? It's not a sporting. You want to go with your bow and right, arrow right. or something like that. Well, I'll, I'll talk to my mom, see if she'll let me see Prey. <laughs> I don't think so. Man. I'll probably I'll see if I can talk her into it. I wouldn't publish this podcast. <laughs> I'm in trouble, dude. It's a... It was, I, I, again, I didn't, it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was immediately, I think I texted you immediately and go, this beginning is, is more bonkers than Superman. Well, it's bonkers in a different way. I mean, sure. I, 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 I see what you say now. I, I, I get the sense that every citizen of LA is coked up, like everyone. Yeah. Oh, that was the thing that the, the way that people were doing cocaine was remarkable. <laughs> Like, like, it's just like, you know what, in 1997, because that's the future in this yeah. particular uh, scenario. Only uh, seven years. They also future. knew. They also knew that they were going to be banning plastic straws. So the only way to really get uh, cocaine into your face was just by the fistfuls. <laughs> Fistful. And then wipe the rest of it on your shoulder. <laughs> and at one point, after, at one point, the... Uh, the the LA gang they they do like a Bash Brothers forearm bash. Yeah, I love that. That was, that was a, little, a little flashback. <laughs> Steve, is there a trope or a device or a cliche that you like in this movie? <laughs> well, outside of the the typical uh, grasping of someone's testicles to get their mm-hmm. attention or to interrupt their story, um, I'm just, I think I'm a sucker for Predator in general. <laughs> That's the cliche. I do think, well, at this point, how many films do you get, right? 
<laughs> how many how many times does someone have to to appear or do the same thing over and over again to be a cliche right i mean i you could say the same thing like i mean just give me Busey doing any line ever um <laughs> i like a uh in, the, in movies of this period sometimes you'll get uh, like a like the gang on the subway, uh-huh. they're almost always like very diverse. All right, these uh, these gangs are very racially diverse, and they're very punk rock. These gangs, and I I, I like that. I, I like a gang that like they go they go out of their way to make sh- sort of a diversity hire, as long as that person will wear a purple mohawk. I I, I feel like that's very forward thinking. But also kind of gives giving you the sense that they're a team, you know. That's important. To yeah, me. I, I, I want I want them to look like a team. I wish every gang would like go back to the old style of wearing the same leather jacket with the same embroidery on the back. <laughs> well, yeah. And speaking of tropes that I do, I will I will say that the broom scene. The I love when there's like this like major threat. That is not perceived like usually it's like an old person or a very young person. And there's this sort of, you you know, that's like they're they have no idea that what they're about to deal with is like the most, you know, menacing threat that that they'll ever encounter. And then somehow still unfazed by it. Like not like, like the old the old lady so unfazed that. Yeah. Her, so, there's someone in the bathroom. And then the, Danny Glover comes barging in. Uh, in one of the times that his shirt is mercifully untucked because it was his shirt was tucked in so far that like the belt, like there was a his belt buckle was leaving a line on his sternum. I have never seen pants. These this are high. minute bowls pants because. And that so when his pants, when he when his shirt is like half untucked, first off, it's crazy. It's long. tucked, it's tucked so, up I mean, to his nipples. And then if you look <laughs> at his cuffs, there's like another two feet of uh, that hanging below his shoes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, there was, uh, there was a, a lot of air conditioners in the future. Um, but we had nothing but slack fabric. Like we're just, <laughs> it's, it's a crazy time, man. 97 was, was going to be a wild, wild time in our lives. So he, he busts in and says, don't worry, ma'am. I'm a cop. I don't think he gives a shit. Love it. I mean, that's what LA is right now. I mean, might as well be might as well be a predator coming through. <laughs> are you Are you glad you watched this movie? Are you glad you watched it again? Yeah, I am. I am. Um, is Heather glad that you? Oh watched? God, no. Uh, no, this was. Uh, first, I can't believe my daughter sat through the whole thing. I think she, I think she was immediately flabbergasted. It was like, mm, I don't. I don't know why this is why this was because like it becomes one of the it's like it's almost a time capsule because you're like oh this we did we as a people we made this <laughs> were you entertained at all oh i laughed out loud <laughs> no no oh, sure. number of times yeah, yeah. the the police precinct got me i i was i i immediately thought oh geez what are you doing here what was going through your head when you decided to make bill paxton the young brash guy who's a lone wolf, who's not going to work as a team with the rest of the group. And then you immediately tell me that Danny Glover is psychologically disturbed. 
right. Like, like this is a guy known for police brutality. Shit, not with the person I'm dead, man. You don't know what you're dealing with. I'm warning you. Stay the fuck out my way. Lieutenant Michael R. Harrigan, violence prone, obsessive compulsive personality, a history of excessive physical force throughout his 18 years as a Los Angeles police officer. This is a series of remarkable choices, remarkable movie making choices. Yeah, the sequence too, because the sequence where you re- where you do the reveal on that with the whole Danny Glover thing, it's kind of like, well, why didn't that? Why didn't we kind of lead with that? You know, because I think. Because it's interesting to later throw that in there. Because you're like, look, I got too much going on right now. <laughs> so, is there a uh, is there a tweak that you would make to this movie to improve it? <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I think the tweak goes to what you said before too. Is like, why turn it into such a heavily, you know, such a heavy like cop drama and relationship and create so much other stuff? Because I think just to me, the the more interesting threat of the predator being like in in the city is that we're not expecting it right yeah and so we're gonna have to learn how to navigate ours like he's gonna navigate our cityscape as as he would any type of uh you know playing field or like a you know like a laser tag mm-hmm. arena to some degree whereas we now have to take the thing that we live in and we can use it to our advantage to some degree but we're also not expecting it and that almost is enough in fact that seems like plenty but then to add all that other stuff on top of it, it's like it becomes very convoluted. And it's so I think you've just I think if you you simplify the story, right, it's because because Predator, the first one is pretty simplistic when it comes right down to it. I think that you could make this work if it's a slow burn to the reveal of the creature. I mean, this this movie is anything but a slow burn. It sort of comes out the gate. Right. And and just doesn't stop. But it'd be interesting to to like wonder, like, why do we have to have a threat of another gang at all? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why have this other element, a voodoo gang, the voodoo gang? Hey, hey, guys, I, I, I know you're trying to scare me, huh? Oh, you you did a pretty good job, man. I'm scared now. Stop it now. I can pay you two million dollars <laughs> in cash right now. This is not about money. This is about power. New king in the streets. This message is for your people. You are history. <laughs> Fucking history. We got a voodoo Jamaican gang the doing. Inter- it. Sure. <laughs> it introduces the, the important catchphrase: "Shit happens." Yeah. That's why you need them. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, why? I mean, I, I get, okay, there's threats everywhere or whatever, but, like, it's not a unifying thing. I mean, like, what's the, it, it, it's just two movies, it feels like. It feels like, you know, the song, uh, the 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 Ghostbusters 2, Bobby Brown hit on our own, you know, mm-hmm. is a, a you and me, I wake up, go get it. You know, the whole great, and then he, they shoehorn a Ghostbusters rap in it. <laughs> And it, none of the song has anything to do with the Ghostbusters. So it feels like he had a track and he says, hey, look, you know, we want you to do a song for, for Ghostbusters. And he's like, all right, I got one in the can. Um, let me just do a quick little, little Ghostbuster rap in there. So I feel like this movie was an action like cop movie that was Bobby Brown's on our own. And then they said, can you do a Predator <laughs> rap in there as well? Just to, so we could call this Predator too. So... I'm wondering why Schwarzenegger wasn't involved with this. I'm looking at his filmography. 
he's really kind of taking a hiatus in comedy when this is mm. made. 1988, Twins. 1990, when this comes out, is Total Recall, which I think is... It's action, but it's definitely leaning into comedy. It's a different kind of action, I suppose. Total Recall? Yeah. It's action, but it's got comedic elements, for sure. Well, some, but I mean, it's more I think a, we, I think, I think we it's need more to, sci-fi. I think we got to revisit Total Recall here. I'm way ahead of you. I just watched it not too long ago. 1990, he also puts out um, Kindergarten Cop. Ah, yeah. So he 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 does Twins, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop. That's definitely a sort of a career move for him. I think he's becoming like a very important movie star. Yeah, he's now a, yeah. So he he needs the Predator franchise less than the Predator Predator franchise needs. Exactly, him. exactly. And I almost think maybe at this point he's thinking, why go backward? Right. Uh, maybe maybe that was a bad decision. I don't know. Well, bad decision maybe for Predator, too. I don't know. I mean, do do, do we need Junior? Did we did we need do we need Jingle all the way? Do we need Batman and Robin? Like these are not these are not great career choices here. No, but I mean, wow, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. And then it, then it just sort of gets into this like this weird time where it's like uh, what like Eraser yeah. and, and and like a bunch of things that are like okay, really forgettable you know, the, stuff. The, 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 the shine now, is does off, he right? ever go back to I, I I honestly don't know. Does he ever go back to the Predator franchise? I don't believe so, no. I don't believe so either. Hmm. Well, it's out there. Arnold, it is out there for you if ever you want it. Remake a Predator. We'll, we will all go see it. I pro I I will I'll speak on behalf of everyone. Can I get Danny Glover and Schwarzenegger <laughs> to team up? I don't see why not. They're going to the Predator's planet. And I would like a CGI Bill Paxton. Perfect. I'll even take a Sigourney. You throw a Sigourney in there with those two? See, that's what the thing is. You could combine those two franchises by bringing in all the heavy hitters. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Is Steve, is this film (laughs) better or worse? On par with a Ron Howard movie. <laughs> it's just, it's. I mean, wow. Like again, there are things that happen that Howard wouldn't and maybe even couldn't do. Um, but yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. It's a Howard minus three. I'm gonna say Howard minus twenty. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that I was thinking of going further. Yeah. Um, but uh, I could also just see Howard at one point just go forget it. Let's just go weird. You know. Was this the only movie Morton Downey Jr. ever made? I hope. I'd hate to I'd hate to stumble upon another one. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the ghost buses in the end control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while the silent under the building. So they packed up and moved, got a grip, came a quick, grabbed the proton packs on the back, and they split. Put out a bottle of eagle, the master of evil.